conversation around athletics and mental health and a conversation I think needs to happen, a conversation that certainly has been happening over the last week or so with regard to American gymnast uh, Simone Biles. I, I, I don't know how helpful or productive the conversation has been. A lot of it's not been about trying to better understand these issues. There's been a lot of anger and frustration directed at Simone Biles. Now, she did return to competition uh, over the weekend, or I guess earlier today, technically, to uh, compete in the um, uh, in the balance beam final, captured a bronze medal, but uh, had announced last week that she was going to withdraw from the uh, all-around gymnastics competition at the Tokyo Olympics. And obviously, you know, everything she's accomplished in the sport, she would certainly be one of the favorites. And it's, you know, it's one thing if, you know, athletes dealing with uh, a physical injury that prevents them from competing. And I think maybe it's easier for people to understand. Well, OK, I, I get what you're going through. You know, I hope you get better and, you know, take uh, all the time you need. But when an athlete, you know, discloses that they're dealing with mental health challenges, unfortunately, I don't know that it's the same reaction. And this is a real issue in elite sports. And, and a new Canadian study is really putting some numbers to that kind of a first of its kind study in Canada. And there are some surprising numbers here. 41%, for example, of elite Canadian athletes meet the criteria for one or more mental disorders. So why is that? Anyway, joining us to talk more about it, very pleased to welcome to the program uh, here this morning, Dr. Catherine uh, Tanneman is an associate professor of sports psychology at the University of Toronto and has mentioned co-author of this research. Dr. Tanneman, thanks for joining us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, so talk about why, first of all, it, it was important to better understand this. What, what prompted this study in the first place? Mm -hmm. So this study was led by a PhD student that I'm working with, uh, Zoe Poacher, and so uh, her dissertation is focused on the uh, mental health of Canadian elite athletes. And so um, in the past, there has been research on mental health and mental illness among elite athletes, but a lot of this research has been conducted in other countries. And we actually didn't have much um, data about the, the mental health and, and mental illness status of Canadian athletes. And so that was one of the driving factors for examining this topic and doing this study was to try to establish some, some baseline data on you know, the experiences of um, symptoms of mental illness among Canadian elite athletes and so uh, the study consisted of um, Olympians and Paralympians who had been preparing to go to the, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics but then of course the uh, the games were delayed but um, the data were collected um, prior to that so uh, the data are from you know the the regular season before the pandemic set and it was to explore their experiences of, of mental health and mental illness yeah and there's some surprising findings here then Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think um, the data are a bit surprising in that the numbers of um, athletes who reported symptoms of um, these mental disorders were, were high. I mean, 41% reported symptoms that would be clinically significant in meeting the criteria for either depression, anxiety, or eating disorders. Um, but when we look at studies that have been done with other Olympic and elite athletes in different countries, there there are some similarities there. So these data are perhaps surprising because we might not think that elite athletes would be at risk of these um, symptoms of mental disorders. But, um, you know, when we look at other studies of elite athletes, we've actually seen similar numbers in other studies in other countries. So 
in that sense, um, we, you know, it is a bit consistent with what we've seen before. So why do we think then that the numbers are this high? What What is it about being an athlete competing at that level maybe that, that presents a greater risk for some of these, these issues? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and some of the data that we have starts to tap into that. And then we, we know from other studies there are other reasons that we can look to. So in this study, um, the uh, experiences of symptoms of mental disorders of depression, anxiety, and eating disorders were um, correlated with um, training load. So athletes who had a a very high physical training load and also felt the psychological toll or a psychological training load was high, that was associated with a greater likelihood of reporting these symptoms. And then also um, just perceived stress, so just general life stress. If that's higher, then it was more likely that athletes were going to report these instances of of mental disorder symptoms. Um, But on the flip side, though, I guess somewhat encouragingly, athletes who felt more support, more emotional support, more esteem support, and felt like they had people around them who supported them, um, had lower levels of these symptoms. So there's a negative correlation there. So so our data would suggest that um, training load and stress in, in life is associated with the likelihood of experiencing these symptoms. And then if we look at other research and, and other work that we've done, um, we know that athletes feel an incredible um, you know, pressure to um, compete at what they feel is their their best level and that they've invested so much time and energy into, uh, you know, dedicating their lives to their sport. And so um, oftentimes there's this feeling of like wanting that investment to pay off and wanting everything that they've devoted their life to, to really, you know, come together. And so there's this incredible pressure to, to perform well. Um, and then other, you know, characteristics that we sometimes see in elite athletes, like high levels of perfectionism, um, and that can sometimes be associated with um, a higher likelihood of experiencing um, symptoms of mental illness. So, um, you know, just the, the desire to attain absolute perfection, um, which is rarely ever possible in sport, but mm-hmm. still there's this incredible pressure to um, achieve these perfect performances. And then on top of that, we've got, you know, pressure from the media, pressure from social media and spectators, uh, and then maybe just a, a sense of, like, wanting to live up to others' expectations, wanting to, you know, make people proud. Um, and so that can all contribute to these experiences of stress and, and potentially to um, these symptoms of mental Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, and, you know, obviously it's important to address these then as well. So, you know, is it a question of, of having the supports there, first of all? Or, I mean, is there a recognition, you know, in, in major sports infrastructure that this this needs to be a part of how athletes are supported? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And I think we are starting to see shifts in that direction in a number of sport organizations. So, um, you know, there is more attention being paid to these issues. There's more attention being paid to um, providing programs and, and supports in place like psychotherapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, and, and making sure that athletes have available uh, resources. And um, we're seeing in other countries in the UK and in Australia, there's more um programs, more supports, more funding being allocated to these things. So I think we are seeing shifts globally towards you know, greater support of athletes' mental health because we know that when athletes um, feel good and are supported from that psychological perspective, that they're you know, more likely to perform better and feel better and, and be thriving rather than you know, just you know, really struggling under, under all of these pressures. So I think there are supports in place. I think more attention is being paid to these issues, but it's something that we need to be you know, looking at year-round. And I think it also... Uh, you know, the, one of the value of these, this type of study is that it really causes us to question, you know, is there, are there things about sport and high-performance sport that is um, perhaps, you know, not great for athletes? Like, what is it about this context that's um, perhaps leading to some of these um, symptoms of stress and mental illness developing or, or being exacerbated? So I think it, it just really shines a light on the importance of the issue so that we can make sport um, a better environment for athletes. What about the stigma side, Alvin? And I would imagine part of that pressure on athletes is, you know, the, the pressure to, to show strength, right? Or that you've got it all together. And, and so I think it's really difficult for athletes to talk about these issues, just acknowledge maybe they, they need some help. Is, is that still a big part of it? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, we see a lot of these images of athletes as, you know, warriors and being able to overcome all odds and, um, you know, these narratives around mental toughness and and never breaking down. And um, I think it also reflects uh, sort of the way that we, we treat you know, our ideas about the body and our ideas about the mind. I mean, you mentioned earlier that, you know, if athletes suffer a physical injury, we go, oh, well, okay, that makes sense. Of course, they, you know, should take time off and step away. But, you know, for some reason, if there's, you know, if there's, you know, mental health issues or if athletes, you know, proprioception isn't working properly, you know, if their um, attentional focus isn't working properly due to disruptions in the brain, then for some reason, you know, we think, well, you should be able to overcome that. And that's just, that's not the case. That's not the way the brain works. The brain is an organ in the body, just like the body. So um, I think that, you know, this, we have this dualism that somehow the brain should be something that's overcome and mastered and that we can, you know, deal with that separately or differently than the body. It reflects kind of the way that we've thought about athletes and, and their abilities to overcome injuries versus mental challenges. And so I think that um, we need to, to reconcile that and, and try to break down that that um, dichotomy. And then also that helps to break down the stigma. So um, having more people speak about these issues, I think, um, is important for just acknowledging that these things happen and that, you know, these are challenges just like physical injuries and that they are legitimate and valid things that happen. Um, yeah. So that can help to decrease that stigma. Absolutely. Some important findings. Uh, we'll leave it there, Professor Tamman, and thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. All the best. Uh, that is uh, Catherine Tamman, Associate Professor of Sports Psychology, University of Toronto, one of the co-authors of this study.